that term, as I shared last week, ish is that to, to describe that, if I was going to have dinner with Dwayne and Jabay, um, I would tell them we would meet at six ish because they're not going to be there till six twenty. Uh, uh, that, that's pretty much the way it operates. And, 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 and so that ish is that, that we're going to sort of do it. We're going to kind of do it. Uh, it's become a fairly popular phrase out there. There's shows and movies with ish on it. And as I began to think about this term ish, I began to think about the church. I began to think about how many people are church ish. How many people are uh, uh, godly ish? Christian ish? Uh, and, and and I begin to realize that that there is an area that we need to strive to drop the ish, that we need to change the way we operate and change the way we live and change the things that we do. Uh, last week I preached a, a, a sermon uh, for for our seniors, and and I talked about uh, winning ish. And how that we only win by losing. That theme is going to sort of hand through today as I speak to mothers for a few minutes. Now, men, don't tune me out because this applies to you too. Uh, but, but I want to talk for a few minutes about providing-ish. Providing-ish. Many mothers I know like to provide they like to do things. They like to make sure everything's okay. My mother gets on my nerves. Hope you're watching, Mom. Sorry. Uh, my mother gets on my nerves sometimes. My dad calls my mother okay, which stands for overkill. Because he's so busy, she's so busy trying to care for everybody. And dad will look at her once in a while and say, okay, okay. Like, I'll do what you want, overkill. You're trying, you're killing me here. My mother-in-law, love you, Mom. My mother-in-law comes and visits us, and she wants to help, but then she gets in my kitchen, and I go, that's my kitchen. But she's trying to protect. She's trying to help my wife. I'm not going there. Uh, No. (laughs) My wife has that same nature to protect that say she 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 wants me to remember things she wants me to to do things and and I tell her ask me once and you don't need to bother me again you know you don't need to remind me every 6 months I'll get it done eventually and, and you know but but in in her in her uh um in her move and her touch she's trying so hard to provide she's trying to provide care she's trying to provide a direction. That's where most mothers are. But sometimes we get into a situation where our mothers provide, but it becomes providing-ish. It becomes detrimental. It becomes difficult. I want you to open your Bibles with me this morning. Matthew chapter 20, beginning in verse number 20. Reading from uh, the New King James Version of the Bible, this is what the Word of the Lord says. Then the mother of the Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking from him. He said to her, what do you wish? 
She said to him, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said to him, We are able. So he said to them, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it was prepared by my father. And when the ten heard, when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come to you right now. We thank you and we praise you for your power, for your anointing, and for your peace. Lord, I pray that you would allow me to speak this word the way that you gave it to me. Lord, with the same heart, the same passion, the same love, and the same direction. Lord, let us move forward in your power. Lord, anoint me. To, to, to share your word in an understandable way. And Lord, anoint every ear in this place and every ear that watches this on video or listens to the podcast to hear your word with power, with authority, and with grace. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Here we have a mother. The mother of the Zebedee's son, now in case you don't know who that is, that's James and John. James and John were, the, were two of the inner circle. The inner circle was, was Peter, James, and John. They, they were the closest ones to Christ. They had left their father's business. They had followed Jesus. John was, is, is widely considered to have been the youngest of all the disciples, probably about like me. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I used to be able to say that. Uh, but John was the youngest of all the disciples, and, and mom was still around quite a bit. And one day, mama come up, and I can only imagine she had been speaking with her sons, probably John, because he's the youngest. Well, are, are you just always going to go out and follow that man around the, the countryside? Oh, but mom, he's the Messiah. He's the one we've been waiting for. Well, when's he going to let you get a job? You walked away from the business. How are you going to take care of yourself? Mama, he's the Messiah. He's God. He, he, I, I'm serving him, and, and he's going to make me part of his kingdom. And mama may have said, oh, now I got it. You don't have any money right now. You walk around, you sleep, you don't have a place to lay your head, you sleep on the side of the road right now, but he's the king of kings. So we need to make sure that he takes care of you. 
John, you stay. Get your brother James. I'm going to go provide for you. I'm going to go work this out for you because I want to make sure you're taken care of. That's what a mama does. Mama wants to make sure that their kids are taken care of. Mama wants to make sure that nobody's taking advantage of. Mama wants to make sure that nobody's hurting her children. I look around this room and I see a few mama bears. Yeah, you're one of them. Uh, I see a few mama bears. And, and you know what a mama bear is? A mama bear is that mama that like, oh, don't mess with my kids. I was at a graduation party last night, and somebody said something about somebody's kid. And before I knew it, this mama had punched them in the throat. I'm not going to say who it was, Laura. But, um, uh, oh, oh, did I say that out loud? Uh, but, you know, mama bears, they, they want to they provide, they want to protect I was up here on the praise practice this morning, and we were talking about it being graduation. And I looked at Rachel. I said, your graduation's next year, right? And Lou went, stop, just stop, no, just stop. She went over and got a handkerchief. Now, I found out it was to clean up the mess I made, not to cry over that. But she, mamas want to provide. Mamas want to protect. That's an okay thing as long as we're not providing-ish. As long as we're not stepping over our bounds. Mama, sometimes you're going to need to let your kids grow up. Got quiet there. Sometimes you got to let your kids grow up. It's not easy. But we live in a day and age where not every family has a dad. See, dads, it's our job usually to say, suck it up, buttercup. Deal with it. But sometimes mama needs to join in with dad and say, listen, you got to grow. Sometimes when we try to provide everything, we run into problems. The first thing that I see in this passage is that mama and her two sons came asking. They come to Jesus, and I can almost in my mind's eye see Jesus sitting there And mama comes, and I believe mama was a step in front of James and John. They were behind her. James may have been sitting there going, it's mama. You know what I'm talking about? That's mama. And she came asking, and, and she says, listen, this is what I need. I need for you to give these two sons of mine a position. She came and asked that Jesus would let one set on his right side and one set on his left side. She said, I want prominence for my kids. You have taken them away from home. You have pulled them out of my house. You took them away from my business. You better give them a place. You better give them a place. You know what happens sometimes? We go to God, we go to other people, and we say, oh, I need this, I need that for my kids. We're wanting to provide, that's a good thing, but then we step beyond. We step into a realm that we don't understand. You see, Jesus answered and said, you don't know what you're asking for. 
You don't even know what you're talking about. Mama, I love you. My mama and every mama in here. But sometimes we step out there trying to provide in areas that we don't know. That we don't understand. He said, you don't know what it's going to cost. You don't know what you're asking for. You don't understand that what you're asking for is you're asking for your kids to be martyred for me. You're asking for them to be killed, which they were. You're asking for them to be tortured, which they were. John became so tortured, he was a man that could not die. He is the only of the disciples that died a natural-ish death. He died a natural death on the Isle of Patmos, secluded from everybody, all alone. Many people say he was all alone because he had been boiled in oil, and he was so grotesque to look at. Nobody wanted to have to see him, so they secluded him on an island. I'm going to tell you something. He had suffered. He had endured hardship and pain. And Mama says, I want them to be next to you. And Jesus says, you don't understand what that takes. You don't know what it takes to get here. Are you prepared? The boy spoke up and said, yeah, we're able. We can do it. This passage gives me a real important key. James and John's came with their mother. Okay. Their mother asked the question. But when Jesus said, are you able to endure? Are you able to, to drink the cup that I'm going to drink, to be baptized with the baptism I am? The boy spoke up and said, yeah, we can. We can do it. You know what that tells me? That tells me this wasn't old mama's problem. It tells me that the boys were letting mama ask the questions for them. Can I tell you something? Somewhere along down the line, mama, you got to let your kids ask their own questions. Somewhere down the line, you got to let them ask their own questions. You, you, you got to let them learn to stand up and go and say, hey, you know one of the first places they have to ask their own question? When they ask Christ to come into their life. Mama, you can't do it for them. You, you, you can't do it for them. They, they've got to come up. As much as we want to provide for them, as parents, we can't provide everything for them. They have to do some of it on their own. And they said, we're able. They were in full uh, uh, collusion with their mother. Hey, mom, if you'll break the ice, then maybe he'll give us this. And she's fighting for them. And Jesus says, are you able? And they say, we are. But then he says, you will pay the price. You will pay the price. But mama's not the one that's going to pay the price. James, John, you're the one that's going to pay the price. James, not this James, another James. James, the brother of Christ writes in his book, Count it all joy to fall into diverse temptations. Because we know that it builds our patience, and when patience is complete, it makes us mature and lacking nothing. So you know what that verse means? It means for our kids to be mature, they have to go through trials. You know what happens when mama fights all the battles and doesn't let the kid do it on their own? 
their kids don't mature. I got news for you, church. We want our kids to grow up. I want my kids to grow up. I'm hoping one of these days they will. I, 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 I talk to Anthony, and every time I talk to him, I think, oh, man, he's doing it. He's becoming a man. And then I talk to him again. I go, almost. He's almost there. But we had to let Anthony suffer. We had to let Anthony go through some stuff. We had to let Anthony live in his car. We did. It wasn't easy. I couldn't afford to pay his rent. I couldn't afford to do He didn't want to come home. Live in your car. But it changed the way he thinks. Now he understands that he has to do the job. He has to, he has to take care of himself. That, that there's not somebody out there taking care of him. He's got to do it. That's called maturity. Michael didn't come home for the summer because he said, Dad, I want to go work, and I want to work in an office, and, 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 and Uncle Kevin said he would hire me, so I'm going to go to Pennsylvania, and I'm going to work for Uncle Kevin, and I'll see you when I get a chance to see you. Okay. He's already told me, next summer I'm going to take some classes and get a job, and I'm going to stay in Cleveland. Why? What's he doing? He's growing up. Is everything going to go easy for him? No. Is he going to have difficult times? Yes. Is he going to struggle at times? Yes. Is there going to be times that he's homesick? Yes. But he's growing up. You, Jesus said that they have to do it on their own. They have to pay the price. They have to be the ones to pay the price. Mama, you can't pay the price for your kids. Pastor, why are you preaching this way? Because I want the same thing you want. I want your kids to be everything you dream they could be. And until we cut the apron strings, they can't become what you dream them to be. We've got to let them go. We got we got to provide truly providing for them doesn't mean doing everything for them. Truly providing for them means preparing them so that they can pay the price themselves. So that they can walk the walk themselves. I didn't make a slide for this one so I'm gonna, I'm, I'm just going to hit it anyway. Can I tell you what happens when mama tries to fix the problem? Their peers get mad. The other ten disciples saw James and John and, his, and their mother. And they went, well, who do they think they are? Understanding John was the baby of the group, they probably said, yeah, leave it to the baby. He's still acting like a little kid. Got to have his mama come up here. Mm. They began to get angry. Jesus called them together and said, listen, don't you understand We're not like everybody else. We don't get victory by being high and important, high and mighty. But we get victory by serving. You see, service is the price. He says if you want to be the head, you got to become the tail. 
If you want to be first, you've got to become the slave. He began to teach them, listen, I've come with a new standard, a new way of providing. And we don't provide by getting to a place of importance, but rather we pro- provide by getting to a place of service. James and John loved their mama. But they understood that Jesus was going to lead them someplace their mama couldn't lead them. Jesus was going to lead them someplace their mama couldn't take them. And you know where that place was? That place was to a place of service. Mama had modeled service their whole life. Mama had cared for them, had clothed them, had cleaned up after them. And I got a mama like that. She did everything for me. I, I tell people all the time that I'm clutter blind. I don't see clutter. I don't think I should be responsible for a little bit of mess in my house because I can't see it. Somebody asked me, how do you think, why do you think that's the way it is? I said, well, I I think I know why. Because my mama was really good. And my mama kept the house clean. And she she wouldn't just ask me to clean. She would pick up for me. She would straighten things up. And, and and she would put things, she'd at least get it in my room. My room would get messy enough. And about every six, eight months, we would, we would move rooms around. I never understood why we moved rooms around all the time. But I, my bedroom, I had every room in the house, just boom, boom, only child. And I, we're going to move rooms around, Tommy. You're going to move in this room. We're going to make that one the guest room. I later, as an adult, I figured out that we moved rooms every eight months because that's how she got me to clean my room. Because I'd have to pack it up, move it to another room, and put everything up. She, she provided for me. But I'm telling you, there came a place where I had to step out and understand that I couldn't have her serving me anymore. If I wanted to have maturity and victory and power, I had to become the one serving. I had to become the one doing the work. I had to become the one making the sacrifices. Mamas, you sacrifice all the time. My mama sacrificed constantly. There was a time in my adult life, about 10 years ago, where we were going through some really, really tough times financially. We think we're poor now, but then we remember back about 10 years ago, and that's what poor really was. Boy, some of you have been there. Poor, poor is where you can't turn on a heater because you couldn't paid, afford to pay the bill. You don't run an air conditioner in the summer because it costs too much. And so your house is hot or your house is cold. My mother, my dad would come home, find my mother sitting in, in the living room in her prayer chair, having the air conditioner turned off and the hot house hot praying that God would provide for us. And Dad would come in and say, why is it so hot? And with tears in her eyes, my mom would say, I can't sit in a cool house while my son and my daughter-in-law and my grandkids sit in a house that they can't afford to have air conditioning. She was sacrificing. Mamas, you sacrifice. But make sure that your sacrifice, your provision, is not just glossed over and creates a group of people who expect everything to be done for them but make sure it becomes an example 
an example. That's what Jesus did here. He says, you need to understand the provision doesn't come from a request. The provision comes from a sacrifice. It's not about you being served. It's about you serving, you being a slave. I love this last verse, verse 28. It says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He says, listen, your life is about serving and becoming a ransom. Mama, be the example. Take that passion, that heart, that love that you have for your kids, your grandkids, and your your family, but making an example. Mama, sometimes you got to say no. Sometimes, Mama, you got to say, I can't help you that way because it would be better if I help you this way. I can't help you by bailing you out, but I can help you by praying for you. I can't help you by fighting the fight for you, but I can help you by letting you grow and understand and mature. I can't help you by doing it for you, but I can help you by helping you learn how to do it. That is the power of a godly mother. That is the power of a godly mother. A godly mother is not somebody who does everything, provides everything, gives everything. A godly mother is somebody who prepares them to do for themselves. When Beth and I got married, before we ever had kids, we made a list. And to be honest, I don't remember one thing on the list, but I know there was a whole list. I hope we had hit it. But we made a list of what we wanted our kids to know before they left the house. I guess I remember a couple of them. We wanted them to know how to clean a house, how to do laundry. We wanted them to know how to cook. They they had to know, what's that? Yes, they had to make, be able to make her Italian meat sauce. And before they could move out, they had to make a batch, and it was a test batch, and we would grade them on it. And it was pretty good. And we, and we did. Both of them made it. Both of my boys can cook. They know how to clean. I don't know if they do. Praise God, I don't have to see it anymore. Um, They know how to clean. They know how to do laundry. They know how to cook. They Both of them have an idea how to do a budget. I don't think either one of them lives by it, but they've got an idea how to do it. And, And we had all these things, and we understood when we had Anthony, when Anthony was first born, we understood from that moment that our job was not to always provide everything he ever needed. Our job was to provide him with the ability to live on his own. People ask me how I'm so great with the empty nest, and of course part of it is because I'm dad. And empty nest is great for dad because I don't have to deal with the kids no more. Um, I love empty nest. I love it. I love that my kids grew up and moved off. My kids are both thousand plus miles away and and i'm i like that you know why i like that because i didn't raise my kids to live in my house i raised my kids to be two young men 
I raised my kids to be to to be able to live on their own, and I've watched both both of my kids make decisions. Some of them I liked, some of them I didn't. But the decisions that they've made have made them the men that they are. Mama, if you will provide the instruction, the example of sacrifice, and the love, you're going to see the greatest things you've ever seen in your life. You're going to see, you're going to see your kids maturing, not just growing old, maturing, growing up. And pretty soon, you're going to get to be in the place where you look and you say, I don't have kids anymore, but there's men and women that come from my life. My quote-unquote baby, never called him my baby until this last week, because last Monday, my baby turned 20. And I kept going, my baby's 20. Oh, Tuesday, whenever it was. My baby's 20. Hey, I was close. My baby's 20. And I look and I call him in another state as he's working a job and he's making it. He's surviving. He's learning how to get around difficulties and learning difficulties. On his birthday, he got his grade card in and he passed all of his classes and 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 I thought, man, he's doing it. He's doing everything I ever hoped he would do. Why? Because providing ish is doing everything for him. Providing is providing a pathway for him to become a man. That's what our job is. Moms, dads, that's what our job is. To provide Example, love, care, but let them make some decisions. Let them fail and watch them get back up and show you their power. Show you what you've done in their life. It's amazing to me how many times I hear my boys say things and they sound like their mother or they sound like me. Anthony, half the time, sounds like me. He wants to buy everything he sees. And the other half the time, he sounds like his mother, and he never wants to buy anything. No, 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 i got to put that back. Michael definitely got that mama gene in him. He doesn't like to spend money. He likes to put it back. And I see in my boys, I see my wife, and I see myself because we've provided. We've provided an example. Let's bow our heads together. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word and your power. Lord, I pray that you would send your victory and send your your strength into every mother and father's life. Lord, allow us to provide for our kids example, love, care. But allow us to let them stand on their own feet. Allow us to let them grow. Allow us to let them be challenged so that they become purified. Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being here this morning. We will not have service tonight because of uh, graduations here in town. Spend some time with your mother. 
Uh, if you've got a family member graduating, congratulations. Enjoy the graduation. Shake hands. Be friendly. Tell somebody you love them. Everybody God loves them. We'll see you Wednesday night.